0: Welcome back to the reading and writing podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by best-selling writer Nick Petrie, author of the Peter Ash series. Petrie's latest novel is The Price You Pay. Writer Lee Child has written about the Peter Ash novels. Lots of characters get compared to my own Jack Reacher, but Peter Ash is the real deal. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The The Price You Pay, how would you describe the novel?
1: Well, the so the series is about a guy named Peter Ash. He's a Marine Corps combat veteran still reckoning with the consequences of his years at war. His best friend is a retired career criminal named Lewis. And in The Price You Pay, Lewis's criminal past comes back to haunt him. He learns... Uh, that a member of his old crew is in trouble, and, and he asks Peter to drive north into the teeth of a Wisconsin blizzard to rescue uh, the man. And they find blood in the snow and a smoldering cabin and know that things are bad. They learn next that someone has stolen a dozen notebooks filled with the details of Lewis's former life, and they realize the situation has gotten much, much worse. So that's, that's just the first two chapters uh, of the book.
0: And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write The Price You Pay? I do. You
1: know, readers have been asking me to write a a book with Lewis at the center of it uh, for for many years. Um, He's a career criminal who's gone straight, sort of, kind of. He grew up very poor. He has very little formal education, but he's made himself a good life. He's one of those people who has really uh, kind of invented himself in that quintessentially american way and and the way i started thinking about this book so in the other books lewis is the dangerous friend peter can count on to show up when he's needed but i wanted to turn the table so this time it's lewis who's in trouble and peter is the one who shows up uh, to help and it lets me dive into you know lewis's past and and dive deeper into lewis himself because he's really been kind of a mysterious figure up to this point And, and i sort of wanted to flesh him out um among other things, we see him as a family man, uh, which is part of his evolution. And I really wanted to explore that idea—not only the joys of family for a guy who never thought he'd have one, but also, you know, the existential terror of truly loving other people when you value their safety and happiness more than you value your own. I, I think every parent can can identify with that, or anybody who loves anybody can identify with that. Um, so it's 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 really the story of of how Lewis can or cannot transcend his past to become sort of a newer, better version of himself. It's an odyssey of redemption. Um, and I think there's a lot of resonance uh, for that, for, for all of us. I think we're all trying to figure out who our our next better self uh, could be.
0: Sure. So can you tell us about your original writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel, The Drifter, published? Oh, sure. I have
1: the classic, uh, 25 year overnight success, uh, story. Um, I, I, have I've been a reader forever. I mean, I really come to this as a fan. So in, in, high school, I would get to school early to have extra time to read. And I would go through a book a day, sometimes a book and a half a day when I was, a, you know, in those days. Um, and I ended up, uh, working on the student newspaper. And, and then when I became the editor of that newspaper, I wrote a, an eight part, uh, basically soap opera, um, based on my uh, friends and enemies, um, in high school. And people would stop me in the hallway to sort of, to, to, say, you know, oh, that was really funny, or I really liked this, or, um, you know, even people I was making fun of, uh, would stop me to say that they liked it. Uh, so that was a real turning point for me. It was not just about writing something down, but it was the pleasure of an audience, um. And I was sort of hooked from there. So I I have a, a master's degree in fine arts in, in fiction. Uh I wrote three books I couldn't get published before honestly, I sort of gave up and decided I was just gonna write the thing that I wanted to read. And that was became that first Peter Ash book, um, The Drifter. And I'd found an agent for the previous book um who had tried to sell it, but sort of in the middle of that process, the the crash happened in, in 07, 08. And, and suddenly publishing was with you know, they weren't spending a nickel on somebody who wasn't a proven hit, um, because we didn't know if the whole world was going to melt down. Um, so I just, I, you know, I, I took a sledgehammer to my kitchen. I, you know, I sort of threw myself into some house projects, but you know, my wife, Margaret, um, will remind me when I'm not writing that, that I'm kind of a pain in the ass to live with. So she said, go, come on, start something else. Um, and that first book really came out of the, the, my day-to-day life, which was, I I was working as a freelance home inspector. So you buy a house, you hire a guy like me to tell you what's wrong with it. And I had all these, these customers who were coming home from overseas. They were, they were veterans of the surge basically. Um, and you know, I kind of fell in love with these young men and women who uh, some of them had really given up an awful lot and had no idea what they were getting into in order to serve their country, uh, or maybe just get out of their small town, or get money for college. Or they they all had you know there are there many reasons why you you'd sign up for service, um, and that was sort of the start of the rabbit hole that that, that dropped me down into this life of uh, military veterans. And I I'm not a veteran myself. I never served, so I'm interested in the aftermath. I I can't write a book about what it's like to go to war because I've never been there, but I can write about sort of the emotional consequences of that and how that might play out in
0: your day-to-day life. So what appeals to you about writing about the character, Peter Ash? You know, it's funny when I, when I started for, for quite a while,
1: I really didn't see the parallels to my own life um, which is, hilarious my it makes my wife laugh um it, i, I the, the the first book event i did for that the first book in the series um and and i'm the one that's coming out now the price you pay is number 8 in that series uh but the the first book in that series somebody asked me how how much how much i was like peter ash and my answer was not at all and it just it just cracked margaret up because she sees so much of me in this character and and I have come to realize over the years that I, you know, he I am not him and he is not me, but it is he is a he is sort of a representative of my worldview, of the way that I uh, you know, sort of see things and my attitudes toward the world um are really represented in 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 Peter. And it's become, you know, eight books, eight books is a long is a fairly long running series at this point. And I have come to really know, and love these characters um, to to know them so well. It's, it's a little weird to to sort of start writing something and realize, well, of course, Peter would do this or Lewis would do that. Or, or, you know, the, the love of Peter's life uh, named June Cassidy. Oh, this is June's attitude. Um, I was at a, um, uh, I I did a charity book club um, where people were, were, were bidding for, for the dubious right to have me at their book club. Um, and, uh, and as a result, I was in a, a house in, a, in an affluent suburb with um, 20 really smart, accomplished, professional women who were reading that first book. And at a certain point, they started arguing among themselves about what Peter would do. Oh, no, he wouldn't do that. He would do this. Oh, no, that's not who he is at all. And I just loved that um, that the character had taken on a life of his own it, in, in a in a way that I never anticipated. That that he is in a way real to people, like other fictional characters are real people to me. Um, so it, it's it's been a really interesting uh, process. Um, you know, and again, I'm 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 not a veteran. I I, I haven't I don't have post traumatic stress, um, but I. I, you know, I, I am familiar with the challenges of life.
0: Let me just put it that way. Well, what is the, what is the challenge for you of writing a series? And also I was curious about kind of your, your process and specifically as it pertains to a series, do you come to each new book in the series kind of alone or do you ever sit down and and kind of think about threads that you may want to um, thread through, through like the next several novels. How does that work for you?
1: Oh, I don't, I'm not smart enough to plan ahead like that. Um, I, I really, for me, it's like, oh my God, can I actually write another book? You know, I've, I've written now, um, 11 books, the first three of which I couldn't get published, but starting every new book is sort of like, um, can I, can I really do this again? Like you, you sort of forget how to begin. Um, and there's a, there was a great interview with Lee Child, who you mentioned at the beginning of your, of your intro and where he, you know, he, he was on his 20th novel in this series. And, and he told the interviewer that every time he sits down to begin a new novel, he, he, he wonders if he can actually do it again. And, and I'm very much like that. It's a, it's a, I'm not an outliner. I'm a, I'm a, uh, an organic writer or, or what some people call a pantser. Um, so I'm just making it up as I go along. And the, the, I mean, there are multiple challenges of writing a series, but just the challenge of writing a book is, <laughs> is sufficient. Um, you know, I, I don't at the, you know, by, by the, by the starting the second book, I, I really started to think about sort of Peter's progress through life, right? The goal He starts out as as a guy who really can't even be inside for long. He's he's got post traumatic stress, and it takes the form of claustrophobia. So he really can't be inside for more than fifteen or twenty minutes without having a full blown panic attack. Um, but he doesn't think of himself as broken. He's just sort of trying to figure out how to get stuff done. And and I wanted to sort of show Peter's progress through life. How is he? What is? What are the things that he does to? to get better, basically. And, and really the first five books are about that. But I didn't really, I didn't plan ahead. I didn't think, oh, in book six, I'll do this. In book seven, it's, it's just thinking about sort of what, how do I, do I want Peter to become more functional in the world? Uh, you know, do I want him to have a successful relationship? Do I want him to have a series of broken relationships? Um, and, and, you know, and it's in part because I have talked to so many Veterans that I kind of want to chart a path for them, um, and I get so much response back. I get so many emails and and, and messages online from people who are like, you know, I really like that that first book especially where it really resonated with people. I, I got I, I get stuff still from people who are like, I thought I was going crazy, I was ready to kill myself, and then I read your book and I realized that I have post traumatic stress and I could get help. And like that is not at all what I expected this to be like. I I thought I was writing something fast and fun and exciting. Um, it's got some humor in it, um, but to to realize that it has some uh, some meaning to people uh, over and above that is it, kind of a kind of a profound thing
0: for me. you mentioned earlier that you're an organic writer you're not a heavy plotter so given that have you ever found a situation where you've kind of written yourself into a corner or that you have to throw out a big chunk or or how does that work for you i don't i don't end up throwing out big
1: chunks what happens to me is i get stalled and i and i you know i'm i'm Pounding my forehead against the proverbial wall and trying to figure out what happens next and and what I have learned over time is that it's not that I don't know what happens next it's that I made a wrong turn somewhere. Uh, I made a decision that wasn't the right decision and sometimes I've just introduced a new character and it's not the right kind of character uh sometimes I've made a plot choice um the the book I'm working on now i I, I got stuck and I realized it's because i I forgot. I was laying the groundwork for this thing, but then I forgot I had to include this thing. Um, so now I have to sort of, I have to backtrack, oh, I don't know, three or 4,000 words and insert this scene. Um, so I, I don't I don't write a draft and then go back to the beginning and write a second draft and then go back to the beginning and write a third draft. For me, it's sort of one long, continuous process of writing and revision. Um, so in a, in a given day, I will go over the last couple of days worth of work is the first thing I do. And then I push the story forward, a thousand words, 1500 words. But, but if I stall out, I kind of go back and look, okay, now is there, is there a choice I made? Did I take a wrong turn? Um, and sometimes I can't find it. And then I go all the way back to the beginning and I edit through again. I really go through line by line with a, with a pen on paper. And, as I, as I write, I try not to get bogged down with little things, you know, oh, you know, insert research here. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the all caps note. Um, but then I, but then I'll go in and I'll flush out some of those things and I'll, and I will, you know, even stuff like where, you know, there are two phrases that I can, I can't decide between them and I get bogged down in that. I just put them both in brackets and I leave them both and I move on. Um, and so then I'll go back and I'll make those choices. And, and, and by the time it's been a month since I, since I wrote it or three months since I wrote it, the choices have become easy because it's not, it's not, it becomes unimportant. Just, just, just pick the one that, that you like sure. better. Um, but you know, by the time I get to the end of the book, I've really only got about two weeks worth of, of work to do to get it ready to go out to my editor
0: what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels well the thing that it took me a long time to realize is that um
1: it's really hard to write a good story it's it's really really hard to write a novel especially your first novel um and, and it, it is it is my job as a writer to make it look and feel easy right i i want the 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 story and the the, the paragraphs and the sentences to flow and to have it seem effortless, to have it, to have you not have to think about any of it and to just fall into the story. But, but that takes an enormous amount of work and it, and it is not representative of what the process of writing is actually like. So I think the, the, the thing that I can tell people who, who are, are writing something themselves, if you, if you, you know, want to, want to get a story published or finish a novel. It's just to know that it's hard and to know that it's hard for everybody. I, I have friends who they're on their 25th book or their 30th book, and it's a challenge for them. It doesn't get easier. Um, but just to know that, that, you know, you're not alone in this process, that every, every writer working to tell a story is fighting that same battle. So it's not your, it's not your fault. It's not your problem. You're not doing it wrong. It's just challenging. Uh, and, and keep going.
0: Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Oh, I've got a I've got a shelf of the books that have really meant a lot to me over the years, um, that I keep coming back to. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of Cormac McCarthy's Border trilogy, uh, starting with All the Pretty Horses, and they're they're um, for me the revelation of of that series. So he won the National Book Award for all the pretty horses. And the and the language is beautiful and the story is compelling and the dialogue is great. Um, and there are terrifying moments and hilarious moments. Um, but at, at, at its base, it's a cowboy story. And what it what I got from that was that you can you can tell any kind of story you want. It was it was almost permission right, to, to be a crime writer. Because uh, I started out wanting to be Ernest Hemingway, and then I wanted to be Jim Harrison, and then I wanted to be Cormac McCarthy, but it was Cormac McCarthy that that gave me permission to to want to write crime stories, and to know that you can also write about the human condition, the things that concern us all. Um, so th- those are those are books that have meant a lot to me. Um, what else am I looking at here? Um, uh Winter or Winter's Bone by Daniel Woodrell is one of my all-time favorites. Again, I'm a big rereader, so I've read that book, I don't know, 4 or 5 times, and it is so stripped down and perfect. Um there's also a book that um got a fair amount of attention when it was published, and it it came out the same year my first book did. It's called Dodgers by a guy named Bill Beverly. Um and that is also one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and But I, Bill has not written anything since then, which kind of breaks my heart because he's a crazy talented guy. thing that really knocked my socks off came out a couple of years ago called Five Decembers by a guy named James Kestrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a historical uh, set in Hawaii and Asia. Uh, and it's a, it's a crime story. It's a detective in pursuit of a killer, but it happens um, sort of in the, in the backdrop of the second world war so he gets he goes to uh hong kong in pursuit and gets captured first by the chinese and then the japanese take over there or maybe it's taiwan then the japanese take over the island so then he's a captive of the japanese um it's just a and it's beautifully written it's you know gorgeous sentences great characterization surprising stuff uh lots of emotion um I, I, mean, I could I could go clearly I could go on and on.
0: Where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your Peter Ash novels? Uh,
1: well, uh is my website, um, and if you're interested, there's a there's a uh, a newsletter you can sign up for that'll pop up uh, when you when you go to that website. Um, I'm on uh, the former formerly known as Twitter uh, and also Instagram. I'm at underscore Nick Petrie underscore and on Facebook as nick.petrie.author. So you can can find me lots of places.
0: Again, we've been speaking to Nick Petrie, author of the Peter Ash series. Petrie's latest novel is The Price You Pay. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Nick, thanks for doing this interview.
1: Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate the conversation.